Welcome to the One Million Cups Fargo podcast. One Million Cups is a free nationwide weekly program created by the Kauffman Foundation in 2012 and is designed to educate, engage, and connect entrepreneurs. One Million Cups is organized in 35 states across the country, and the Fargo, North Dakota chapter is one of the most active and largest in the nation. This week, we heard from Nadia Mitchell and Sean Feeney, founders of Be Bold, and also Lynn Kochaba, founder of Harvest Hope Farm. We're going to begin today with Be Bold, which is a virtual mentorship program with a mission to provide online mentorship to every student facing homelessness across America. Both Nadia and Sean are recent graduates of NDSU and Concordia and are passionate about the work that they get to do. Let's listen in to hear more about their venture. Hi, everyone. My name is Nadia Mitchell. And as Emma said, I recently graduated from NDSU. I majored in business administration and I minored in entrepreneurship. Um, I was born and raised in Minnesota, and then some of my passions are helping the underrepresented and underserved. Um, So I think that's how I found my love in nonprofits with helping people, specifically youth. Hello, my name is Sean Feeney, and I'm currently in my final semester at Concordia College. I study mathematical finance and computer science, and I've been working with uh, mentoring for the past three years. As you can see, this picture is actually with our head football coach, Coach Haran. Um, We used to take the kids out to the games and and bring them into the locker rooms to meet. Um, And now me and Nadia decided to uh, tell you our story on, on how we want to progress this. So today we want to talk about a major problem faced by youth in our society and our solution for solving it. America is facing a serious issue. One study estimates that the human potential lost as a result of the educational achievement gap is the economic equivalent of a permanent national recession. An opportunity that one in three youth will never receive is mentoring. This gap is even greater for students who face homelessness. And this issue is known as the mentoring gap. Approximately 16 million youth across America have never had an adult mentor while they were growing up and are therefore less likely to graduate high school, go on to college, and lead healthy and productive lives. This is why Be Bold's mission is to make youth mentoring an integral part of the primary and secondary education systems. Be Bold is about empowering children from disadvantaged backgrounds to explore their gifted talents and potential. We want to close the opportunity gap through mentoring and create positive perpetual change within local communities. We help children or youth who face homelessness and are from disadvantaged backgrounds. And our current aim is to accomplish this through e-mentoring. E-mentoring is essential because many existing programs were developed as a means to compensate when opportunities to participate in traditional mentoring programs, such as in-person meetings and during a pandemic that's not allowed, were not possible. Okay, so when Sean and I first started this journey last November, we wanted to start in the homeless shelters as a way to find the kids we thought would be in need the most as our mission is for homeless kids and at-risk children. Um, We thought if we can get them out of the homeless shelter for an hour or two, that that could create an immense impact in their life as far as stability and having someone to talk to about their issues. Um, And then having a role model in their life, someone that's in college, someone they can look up to and say like, wow, I can get to that point um, sometime in my life. However, we realized that um, the schools would be a more efficient way for one, the definition of homeless is described in a different, a number of different ways. Um, so you don't have to be technically living in a shelter to be considered homeless per the McKinney-Vento Homeless Assistance Act. So we realized if we went through the homeless shelters, we would be missing a lot of kids who were actually homeless. We just didn't know because they were in the shelters. 
Um, secondly, schools have a better insight on their kids. Like they have teachers and counselors they see every day. So they know more on their kids on how and on how best we could be able to serve them with our program. Um, so that's another reason why we went with the schools. And then lastly, this was all pre-COVID. So we were planning on in-person meetings for our um, mentoring sessions. So we thought the schools would be a safe um, location for both the mentor and the mentee. The mentee would be um, comfortable being in their school. And then so with the mentor um, being in a location that they deemed that was safe for them to be able to have this mentoring session. Um, so all of this led us to start our pilot program with Cheney Middle School. Um, so as you can see, the two colleges, NDSU and Concordia College, as I'm a student from NDSU, our previous student now, and then Sean is a student from um, Concordia. And so our partnership was with the West Fargo School District and then specifically Cheney Middle School and the Nice Center. Um, just quick shout out to my professor, Scott Meyer. He's been such a great help with us um, doing this. Um, so we believe that college students who want to be leaders in the community on campus will step up to be role models for these children. So currently we are working with the West Fargo School District, as I previously mentioned, um, with a pilot program aiming to connect college students with youth starting with Cheney Middle School. The past few months we have been focusing on solidifying the administrative portion of our program. And we, rec we recently um, had our application to the National Mentor Resource Center for technical training and programming assistance approved. So this will provide us with 30 hours of technical training and assistance for the year of November 2020 to October 2021. This program will give us a webinar on how to present standards of effective mentoring and how to train our new mentors, as well as forms we may need for a mentoring organizations such as parental, parental consent and liability forms. Um, so all of that will be able to we will be able to solidify our last part of our administration piece because Cheney Middle School is all set to go for our pilot program. Um, Sean and I are just solidifying the last few pieces that we need. Um, so during this journey, we have seen, we have definitely seen some challenges um, for once. For one, as far as marketing, we have not really been focused on marketing as we've been prioritizing um, creating the structure of our program. So we have also, we don't have social media presence. So that's another challenge that we need to um, fix. And then Lastly, we're looking to raise $1,000 initially for administration costs to build a to build a to build and maintain a website and then also for social to hire someone to just work part time for social media presence. Um, and then this $1,000 will also go go towards our long term goal to be active in the Giving Hearts Day in February, where we need a $3,000 match. So that that is just our ask right now that what we're asking for initial $1,000 to help us um, boost be bold off the ground. Um, so it is our mission to make youth mentoring an integral part of primary and secondary education systems. By matching the youth with college students or college graduates they share experiences with, we hope to close the mentoring gap that 16 million youth across the country face. Because we believe that mentoring can be a tool to help the hidden population of homeless youth be, be bold. bold. Next up, we hear from Lynn Kachaba, co-founder of Harvest Hope Farm. Harvest Hope Farm was founded by her and her husband, where they live with their eight children, and they found the farm to be a sanctuary for them, and they knew that they had to share it with others in some way. Fast forward to November 2017, they officially established the farm as a nonprofit where they host camps to harvest hope in others through a hands-on farm experience. But that's not all that this farm is known for. Harvest Hope Farm is home to special sheep that are actually used for medical science research to help find a cure for Huntington's disease. Let's listen in to hear more of the story behind Harvest Hope Farm. 
So my name is Lynn Cutterba. I am the co-founder of Harvest Hope Farm along with my um, husband, Jason. And Harvest Hope Farm was established in 2017. Our mission is to harvest hope in others um, by enhancing their physical, social, spiritual, and financial well-being through a hands-on farm experience um, while teaching about sustainable food resources and environmental stewardship. So kind of a big mission statement. There's lots that we do within that. And we um, just really felt that our world, our community um, could use a little more hope sometimes. And um, we feel that getting people out into nature, getting kids digging in the dirt, um, getting them away from technology a little bit um, really can enhance that hope. Emma, if you want to go to the next slide, that'd be great. Um, so one of the ways we do that is through our farm camp. We um, have had three summers of farm camp now. So our first farm camp was the summer of 2018. And it's called Harvesting Hope for Others. That's a farm camp we do for 6 to 13-year-olds. It runs from the end of May until the end of August. And the kids come out one night a week for an hour and a half. They raise their gardens, which you can see here on the um, slide. They each raise their own garden bed um, from planting and actually getting the garden bed ready um, and then planting and and um, working with it all summer, weeding, watering, taking care of all that. Um, and then they harvest it come August. All of the produce that they raise when they're learning how to do all this is given to families who are experiencing a short-term hardship. Um, so it might be a family who recently had a death of a parent or a death of a child, or maybe someone who has a recent diagnosis of cancer or um, you know something like that where it may not be that they need help for a long time, but just a way to bring hope to people um, just through bringing them some fresh produce every week. The kids, in addition to learning how to garden, they work with all of our farm animals. They learn kind of a chore culture. So um, we have pigs and chickens and sheep and llamas and a horse. So they learn about the animals, where their food comes from. They learn about sustainable food resources. And then they also learn about how to treat the environment well, um, composting, recycling, things like that. You can go to the next slide. Um, so during farm camp, our goal is to teach life skills and leadership skills to these kids while paying it forward. Um, like I said, we take six to 13 year olds for, for our farm camp and um, they really learn a lot during the summer, um, whether it's hard work or how to work with a new person that they didn't know. Um, for our older kids who have came back three years in a row, they become leaders for the younger kids and they get to teach them how to do some of the things that we do here on the farm. So it's re a really great way of just teaching leadership skills to these um, kids. Next slide, please. Llama Llama Camp is our newest camp. We started that this summer. 
Um, it is a one week long half day camp for three to five year olds. We use the popular and Dweedney books, the Llama Llama books, and we teach them about social skills and safety in a farm environment. And they also learn um, about the animals. They don't get to work with them so much because they're so little. Um, but as you can see there, we have one of our llamas that is Caspian and our llamas are very gentle. So the kids get to learn how to groom them and learn how to be nice. And we teach them through using animals how to um, take care of each other because our llamas take care of our sheep. So um, that's kind of the basis of Llama Llama Camp, just learning how to be a good friend, not be a bully and how to stay safe around others. Next page. Um, so this is Pinkney. One of our programs that we have, one of our major programs is um, our medical science research that we do with our special sheep. If you end up watching the Forbes video, um, you will learn that I am at risk for something called Huntington's disease and my mom and sister died from that. And we have a flock of sheep that is involved in medical science research to find a treatment for Huntington's disease. So anyone who visits our farm gets to meet our special sheep. Um, we breed these sheep each winter and then we lamb. We have lambs being born usually April, May, June. And then some of those lambs carry a special gene um, that produces a glycolipid in them. And those lambs end up going back to Brookings, South Dakota to glycoscience re research where that glycolipid is extracted and used in the research for Huntington's disease. So um, very good progressive research that, that is going on there. And we are hoping that in the next few years, it will advance to human trials and that we will, um, we will be a part of finding a successful treatment for those with Huntington's disease. Next page. And then we also have spiritual opportunities to provide some spiritual hope for those who are looking for it. We have a life-size rosary walk that people can visit, a merry garden, um, and we're open for different church group events. Um, and this year we are going to be hosting our first live nativity in December. Next page. So um, Harvest Hope Farm just has lots of ways for people to experience hope if they want to visit. We are open to church groups, to school groups, to families that just want to come out and visit. One thing that we have that's um, new is our llama lane. People can come out and spend an hour walking the llamas in the forest and just kind of take a break from the hustle and bustle of their everyday lives and um, breathe in some fresh air in the forest while they while they walk Nokomis or Caspian. Next page. If you would like to learn more about us, you can go to our webpage, which is harvesthopefarm.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And we hope that you will check us out. After the presentations, we opened up our online platform to a Q&A session with the audience to dive deeper into the ins and outs of social entrepreneurship and their ventures. This week, we were joined by our host, Emma McIntyre, who is also the league coordinator of One Million Cups Fargo. Let's listen in. So 
you guys are all in the social entrepreneurship cohort hosted by um, the Impact Foundation and Emerging Prairie alongside the Knife Center, um, which means that you guys identify as a social entrepreneur. Can you talk about what being a social entrepreneur means to you specifically? I know it's kind of a bold question, sorry. I asked the same one last week and I feel maybe I should have just put this one on hold. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I think just being out and being brave and, um, you know, doing something that at least we feel we are meeting a need and just being being bold and um, going out and doing it. Nadia, Sean? Yeah, um, I guess I always knew I was going to go into nonprofits. I never really want to work for like a corporate or for profits um, in my life. However, I didn't think I would start this early. I had plans to like start way later um, and got convinced to start now. So I definitely will say it's super nerve wracking because um, like the kids that I want to help, I have their, like, basically their lives. You know, if I do engage them in a mentoring session, like what happens does impact them. So that's kind of nerve wracking, like knowing that their lives could be changed for possibly for worse in my, during this, um, during like a mentoring session. So I guess that's something that I always think about. And then just letting people down. I feel like that's been super nerve wracking, but I think being a social entrepreneurship entrepreneur is very brave. Um, and I don't, I feel good helping people in need and people who need help. So um, I, I'm, I'm proud to do it, even though it's scary, I guess. Yeah. So we do have a question. Oh, sorry, sorry, Sean. Yes. Oh, my oh I was just, I was just gonna me. say because because you gotta be bold. You gotta get out yeah. there in the community. And um, yeah, I love I love mentoring, and I, I think it's it really can help solve a lot of the problems our society faces. And even though there's a lot of programs out there already already doing it in, in a variety of different ways. I mean, as as you saw that 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 study was published from 2015. There's still 16 million kids who, uh, which is a very strong demand um, that. You know, hopefully we can meet it one day, um, but it, it will always be progressing. Yeah. So we did have a question come in from the audience. Um, John Stern asked the Be Bold team, how is the work that you guys are doing different from the Big Brother, Big Sister program? Yeah. So um, from my understanding of the Fargo, Big Brother, Big Sister program, um, it's just that there's a huge, like Sean said, there's a huge demand. Um, and so the conversation we've been having with Cheney Middle School, they have hundreds of students who have benefited from our program right now. And I'm not sure the wait time for Big Brother, Big Sister, but our program could help them right now. So I would say we're both doing mentoring. We're both doing, I'm sure Big Brother, Big Sister has shifted to online mentoring per COVID. Um, so I'm sure that's not a big difference of our online mentoring, but I would just say that we're um, helping fill, we're helping meet the demand. That's, that's a great demand as Sean put earlier. Yeah, and I, and I would also just chime in there to say, you know, our, our missions are a little different in that, you know, Big Brother, Big Sister, their mission is to create and support one-to-one -one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Um, for us, uh, of course, that's, that's in the back of, of what we're doing, but we also really want to be lobbyists for making mentoring an actual part of our educational systems um, and, and, and work to integrate it rather than having it be you know, in addition to or an outside program, have it actually be something that, oh, that's a normal thing with school is like, you know, you, you have access to mentors. Um, and, and as Nadia said, you know, I've been working in the Fargo-Moorhead area for three years during mentoring. Um, we've met with a lot of people, spoken with a lot of people, met with a lot of people from different school districts. 
And to be honest, big brother, big sister does not come up that much in conversation. Um, and I know they're active in the community. I know they started school-based mentoring about two decades ago in Fargo-Moorhead. Um, so I, I just think the demand is so large that you, you really couldn't have enough people working in this space, especially right now. So Lynn, I have a question for you um, specifically. Can you talk about scaling the programming on the farm specifically because you guys have a mentorship program maybe similar to what Sean and Nadia want to do, but you also have this science, like egg background, mm -hmm. like fused into it. How do you manage the scale of that? How do you guys determine what to focus on? It feels like you have your hands in a lot of buckets. We do. We, and, and that's one of the things we're working on just to, um, we're expanding some of our volunteer base, some of our board, um, board members, just so that, different people can manage different areas. Um, but yes, we have a lot going on. Thankfully, I have a very active board of directors that is very helpful. Um, and they all um, kind of have their different areas that they work in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, and we're gradually expanding into some more programs. But yeah, bringing in more volunteers who can kind of head up different areas. Yeah. We so, are always accepting volunteers if anyone's interested. And if they want to volunteer, where would they go visit? They can go to our website at harvesthopefarm.org and they can click on there on a contact form and I will reach out to them. Wonderful. Uh, Nadia, a question. So you were actually an intern at DMF for a long time. Or not a long time. I'm not no. exactly sure the duration. Can you talk about how that work with DMF possibly impacted the work that you and Sean are doing with um, your nonprofit-based platform? Yeah, so I had like had meetings with DMF prior to my internship as I was as we were starting when we first started our um, mentoring program because we wanted to be a part of Giving Hearts Day. And so when um, when I was asked on to be an intern for Giving Hearts Day, I was super thrilled because like I got to meet with so many different nonprofits. Um, and help them raise awareness about their nonprofit so they can be able to raise enough money on Giving Hearts Day. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then just um, the people I got to meet and hear their stories on how that nonprofit helped them because there's so many different nonprofits that I didn't even know were in Fargo. Um, and so that was the super like eye-opening that a lot there's a lot of different people working in a lot of different spaces, helping a lot of um, different people that I didn't even know need help. So it was, it was eye-opening. Um, it was like probably one of the best internships I've ever did because it was in something that I was very, I'm very passionate in living just in nonprofits. So it was just, um, it definitely helped me for like when we start um, fundraising and if we do become and or when we do become a nonprofit, how um, we will go about that. So I definitely got a lot of expertise in that area as well. Brilliant. Well, we do ask one final question each week at 1 Million Cups which is what is one thing that each of us can do to help you guys in the work that you're doing? Linda, if you want to kick us off. That you guys can do to help us in the work we're doing. Hmm. Well, if anyone is interested in getting their hands dirty and it, um, being on the farm, just come out and volunteer and get to know what, what Harvest Hope is all about by being here and experiencing it. Wonderful, thank you. Sean and Nadia? I would say if anyone is interested in being a mentor, you can email Sean or I. If you're a college student or college graduate, we would need mentors and we would love to have you on our team 
or if anyone is interested in just being involved at all in Be Bold, if anything we said interests you and you would like to be involved, we would love to have you as well. And we then, need help establishing a social media presence. Oh, so looking for somebody to help with social media specifically. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys all for joining us here today. I think the work that you're doing is trailblazing for our region and we're so grateful. It takes a lot of energy and time um, to be hopeful with great hearts and also be bold as well. Sorry. Um, with, that, with that wonderful statement, I'll let you guys go. Thanks so thank much, you. guys. And that's all we got for this week's One Million Cups Fargo. Thank you so much for listening in. One Million Cups Fargo is powered by Emerging Prairie, an organization dedicated to connecting and celebrating the entrepreneurial ecosystem. We'd also like to thank the following sponsors for their support. Midco, the City of Fargo, Pro Resources, Fargo-Moorhead CVB, the FM Area Foundation, and Kilbourne Group. See you next time.